I do think that the adoption of virtual healthcare is going to continue to evolve. There are a lot of folks got had access to virtual care and a lot of people really liked it. Hi, everyone. I'm Matt Isles, President and CEO of AHIP. And I'm your co-host, Laura Evans. This season of The Next Big Thing in Health is sponsored by Teladoc Health, partnering with health insurance providers to transform the care experience for their members. Visit teladochealth.com backslash AHIP-2021 to learn about its perspectives on the path forward for integrated virtual whole person care. Today, our guest is Chris Priest, Vice President of Medicaid Solutions at Centene. Previously, he was Deputy Director for Medical Services with the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. In that role, he also served as Michigan's Medicaid Director, overseeing several healthcare programs, including My Child and the Healthy Michigan Plan. Chris, thanks for joining today. Great to be here. Well, why don't we go ahead and jump right in? And we all know that Centene is the largest Medicaid managed care organization in the US, or maybe those who didn't know, now they do. Um, for our guests who might not know what separates uh, managed care programs from the traditional Medicaid program, maybe you could just share some insights. Yeah, you know, Medicaid managed care, you know, is a model that it aligns financial incentives with health outcomes and it leverages a public private partnership that can foster competition, choice, and really innovation. You know, managed care provides a cost-effective and, and comprehensive model of care. And, you know, today, you know, about two-thirds of all Medicaid beneficiaries are, are actually enrolled in some form of managed care. And increasingly, states are looking towards managed care to you know, really address issues with more medically complex populations, um, high need beneficiaries. So, so when states contemplate you know, this, you know, the, their delivery system decision, you know, it's critical to recognize really the value that Medicaid managed care offers for, for creating efficient, effective, and sustainable programming while also improving outcomes for folks. And Chris, what are some of the benefits of Medicaid managed care? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, fundamentally, it's about program sustainability and improving outcomes for members. So, for, for example, you know, Medicaid now pays for, oh, my gosh, it's something like, you know, like 45 percent, I think, of all births nationally. And, you know, as the largest Medicaid managed care plan, I think in 2019, I mean, we covered something like 260,000 births. Um, and, you know, really what we've strived for is to really improve outcomes. So, for example, our Start Smart for Baby program is, you know, a multifaceted approach to improving prenatal and postpartum care. Um, that includes things like early identification of pregnancy, um, you know, enhanced member outreach, sharing wellness materials, intensive care management collaborating with our provider partners and, you know, the, the appropriate use of, of medical resources. And that program has shown to has shown a um, statistically significant decrease in low and very low birth weight um, pregnancies, which also reduces NICU stays. So not only are, are programs like that, you know, innovative, but they're improving outcomes. And ultimately, because you're avoiding some really high cost situations 
you're also helping you know save resources. So it's great to have a former Medicaid director with us today, which I think gives you, Chris, some unique insights into how uh, different stakeholders think, uh, and especially from the state side. What do you think states are looking for when it comes to a health plan partner, and what solutions do you think they're most interested in? Yeah, I mean, look, again, I think I'm going to sound a little bit like a broken record, but it's really about innovation and outcomes. They want us to, they want managed care plans to innovate, to improve member engagement, to improve health outcomes, to address things like social determinants of health at a greater scale and a greater speed than fee-for-service could. So uh, let me give you an example. So our, um, our Arizona plan implemented a program to connect members to stable housing, leveraging the, uh, the homeless management information systems to locally coordinate and prioritize housing you know, for members. You know, when, you know, they would, they fund engagement specialists that can work with members. And, um, you know, after about six months of this program, you know, we were seeing rates of homelessness, you know, start to decrease. And with that, we also saw, you know, healthcare costs decrease because people were stable. And that kind of whole health approach, you know, especially during the pandemic, where it's really, it's really highlighted a lot of the um, challenges within the system, you know, that kind of approach to, you know, being innovative, driving towards member outcomes and improving their overall well-being to help members live healthy, productive lives. Those are things that states, I think, are are really interested in and where a lot of managed care plans, Centene especially, is is very focused on. Mm -hmm. Chris, this pandemic has really exposed some of the longstanding health inequities in our country that you know a lot of people really weren't aware of and have finally woken up to. Um, we yeah. know that social determinants of health plays a big role in those inequities. How is Centene working to address the social determinants of health, which you just talked about, um, in yeah. the communities where you operate? Well, I mean, it, it really is, for us, it, it really is about that local approach. Every state has unique challenges. Every community has unique challenges. And we take to heart, you know, our mission is to transform the health of the community one person at a time. And we, we truly, be, you know, believe that, we, that, that our mission is to do just that. So when we talk about like social determinants of health and some of the, the, the things that have been highlighted during the pandemic, um, maybe a, a couple examples would be a good thing. So like, let's try like food insecurity. You know, USDA, you know, I believe they had a report that said something like 40 million Americans are, are you know, face hunger, including more than 12 million children. So what we've done is partnered with, with organizations like Feeding America to, you know, launch programming to not only equip food banks, but also our health plans with best practices and guidelines for meeting the needs of our individuals who are experiencing, you know, food insecurity. Um, you know, we were, uh, dur- you know, especially during the pandemic, like you mentioned, Laura, the, you know, we were trying to help our members also stay connected with, you know, family and friends to really support and address things like social isolation. So, you know, we, I think we gave something like 13,000 prepaid 
um, cell phones with data services to patients through providers. Mm. Um, we distributed you know, 65,000 gift cards to individuals to help them purchase essential items, knowing that, uh, that if we're able to address those issues, you know, the social issues, it also drives, again, better outcomes for members. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of those efforts are things that, that we have, have really taken to heart during the, during the course of the pandemic. And um, we've really accelerated our commitment through efforts that include everything from you know, expanding broadband to helping to support housing, like I talked about earlier, and food insecurity, social isolation. I mean, really, this is, um, it is, a, it is core to, to our mission. And just to, to follow up on that, is that something, are those programs things that you will continue to, to keep up as you, as you know, the years go on, pandemic or not? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, we talk a, a lot about, you know, our, our whole health approach to, to care. And it's something that, you know, it, it really is trying to meet the unique challenges of those communities. Again, going back to our mission of transforming the health of the communities one person at a time. And so it's not just physical health or behavioral health. It's also, it's, it's, it's also social health. Yeah, and, and Chris, you, you, I think you highlight such an important point here about the connection uh, between whether it be you know, physical and mental health, social issues. Uh, maybe you could just dig in a little bit more. I know Centene talks a lot about whole health solutions yeah. um, in terms of some of the you know, other ways that you're approaching whole health for your members. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it really, it's physical health, behavioral health, it's social health. You know, let's talk about the food example we, we talked about a second ago. Um, you know, for adults living, you know, at or below, like, you know, the you know, around the poverty level, you know, lower food security is directly associated with significantly higher probability of chronic diseases, hypertension, heart disease, stroke, cancer, diabetes, kidney disease. If we address those those so those issues of things like food security, then outcomes will improve along with it. And so we are working with our state partners, with our provider partners, with our members to try to make sure that we are addressing the needs and the unique challenges in the community. But we're doing it in a very local way because you have local partners who are you know, we have national partners as well, but we also have local partners that we want to work with to help transform the health of our communities. And it's so critically important, especially, you know, especially now, you know, as we continue to come out of the pandemic, it's, it's, I think more than ever, that approach is really not only what states are looking for, but what members are looking for in order to, to live healthy, productive lives. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about uh, COVID for a second and vaccines, because that's where everybody's head is right now is yeah. on the vaccines. But vaccine hesitancy is, of course, still a big issue in this country and many communities. How is Centene addressing the issue of vaccine hesitancy? That's a great question and uh, strongly encourage everybody to go out and get the vaccines. They are safe. They are effective. It is something that you know, I've been vaccinated. I got to tell you, when I when I was fully vaccinated, it was like a weight was off my shoulders because <laughs> yes. now I was like, I can, yeah. I can start to see getting back to normal. But it's, so it's not only encouraging our, our friends and neighbors, 
it, it really is you know reaching out to folks. So we've partnered with the Pro Football Hall of Fame to do public service announcements, encouraging individuals throughout the states, throughout the country, to really to to really go get vaccinated so that we can put this pandemic behind us and, and begin to continue to get back to, to normal, it, it moving back in the into the future. Um, you know, we're also reaching out to members. We want to make sure that everyone, all of our members have access to, to, to these, you know, amazing, safe and effective vaccines. So, you know, I think overall, really, it's about outreach, providing access and, and, and Centene is, is committed and actively working with our state, our federal partners to try to make sure that, that everyone has access. Teladoc Health, the leader in virtual care since 2002, has built the only scalable platform for integrated whole person solutions. A partnership with Teladoc Health helps ensure that health insurance providers, employers, hospitals, and health systems are prepared for the future by supporting the growth of virtual care. To learn about Teladoc Health's perspectives on innovating to ensure access to integrated, virtual, whole person care for everyone, visit teladochealth.com backslash AHIP-2021. So access is so important, Chris. And um, maybe, you know, through the pandemic, we've seen the role of telehealth in terms of it being so important. Maybe you could touch on how telehealth is working for the Medicaid population, uh, because I, I know that's a, that's a big, important area for, for so many companies and, you know, just people who need access to care. So tell, you know, when, when the pandemic started, you know, it was, you know, there, you know, concerns about access were justifiably raised. And I think what you saw in a lot of states is many states took actions that if there were, you know, like regulatory barriers and things like that, that would, you know, prohibit access to telehealth, that a lot of those barriers were broken down. Um, and so I think what, we, what we've seen are dramatic increases in the use of telehealth that we, you know, gave, you know, worked with our federally qualified health center partners and others to try to make sure that, that we were giving access to, to our members in, in, in an effective way. Um, you know, there are, uh, there's just so much. I think we gave, you know, $5 million, I think, to the Medicaid telehealth partnership with the National Association of Community Health Centers to an, and better enhance solutions and meet members where they are, especially given that, you know, the federally qualified health centers are where a lot of Medicaid members, you know, access care. So, Working collaboratively with our provider partners, working with you know you know national vendors, we've been able to you know increase access to telehealth um, you know for our Medicaid members, and I look I think this is something that's that's you know it, it's going to continue to evolve. I don't I don't know about you all, but I actually had a telehealth visit during the during the pandemic, and it was great. There were there was no there's no um, you know waiting rooms. I was able to you know talk to my doctor and and. You know, it was laying in my bed. So it is it's something that I think is going to increasingly be utilized and it's going to continue to evolve, Matt. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're absolutely right. And that's, I think, a, a perfect segue into the last question that we ask all of our guests. And uh, so from your perspective, Chris, what do you think the next 
big thing in health is? And this could be about Medicaid managed care or something more broadly. Oh my gosh, there's <laughs> there's so much I can say on this topic. I don't where do I even start? Um, you know, I well, like we talked about, I do think that the adoption of virtual healthcare is going to continue to evolve. My, you know, it, there are a lot of folks got had access to virtual care, and a lot of people really liked it. You know, the satisfaction was really high, and so what that means as our entire healthcare ecosystem continues to evolve as we come out of this. Um, I think it, it has the potential to really improve access, whether it's rural areas or whether it's for you know working families who may not have time, you know, may have time constraints because they're they're not able to to leave their job, whether they're working in person or virtually. Um, it, it's good. I think this is going to continue to evolve. It, it's going to continue to be important as as we as we come out of this. And you know, I, I think it's here to stay, but it's 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 going to continue to evolve over time. Thank you so much, Chris. We we really appreciate your time and your insights and unique perspective. So thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great to talk with y'all. Recognizing the critical role that virtual care plays in the healthcare delivery system, Teladoc Health helps health insurance providers coordinate and deliver care for all members, including their highest risk populations, by providing a front door to care. From chronic condition management to mental health to primary care, Teladoc Health personalizes and integrates whole person care for members. Visit teledochealth.com backslash AHIP-2021 to download our brochure and learn how virtual care is delivering value as the preferred entry point to health. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of The Next Big Thing in Health. Be sure to sign up for our email list at ahip.org backslash next big thing. Subscribe and share with your friends too. Thanks for listening and see you next time.